Girl, you got some tea? Girl with the honey and the sugar. Nah, we gonna need some wine for this one. Well, wine me, please. Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome back, y'all. It's the Wine Me Please Podcast. It's your favorite duo. It's Shaniqua. And it's your girl, Dominique. And we are here to slay these airways. (laughs) Yes. And guess what, y'all? We are still on the road with our Boss Madness March series. Ow. on some Cardi. On some Cardi. So, y'all, before we tell y'all who we got on the call with us, check it out. Dominique, tell the people, what we drinking tonight? Oh, okay. I'm going to tell y'all what y'all drinking. But I forgot to tell our gentlemen, our kings here, to have a little sippy sip. Dang, my bad, y'all. <laughs> but tonight we are drinking Landshut Riesling. And this is a super good wine, y'all. I'm usually afraid of Riesling because it's kind of dry for me. But this wine is a little sweet. Uh, it's a medium body. The origin is from Germany. Um, and it goes great with meats and desserts. I'm in love with it. It's not super tart. It's super sweet. And it's a good balance of like... Dry. It's not really dry. Yeah, it's not. It's really just dry. sweet. It's a super good wine. It's not. It's like it's not super sweet. It just has the right amount of sweetness to it. Absolutely. And yeah, where can you get this from? Our Aldi. favorite store, Aldi's. Aldi's nuts. <laughs> And you got I'm cutting that Just out, y'all. Kidding. No, so you can pick it up from all these definitely, guys. Um, we are always budget friendly. It's a pandemic, and we understand that many people are out of work, but that doesn't mean you can't afford a good glass of wine. So it was about six dollars from all these. Shaniqua picked this up today, and we are super happy to have it. Facts. So moving on, um, guys, we're gonna introduce you to these awesome, amazing young men i ain't gonna see young men there's there's some mature men here (laughs) so shaniqua do you mind introducing our first guest um well yeah but before i do that don't forget if you missed last week's episode we had shamika from new york (laughs) in a building with her um staple showroom and we had jill in the building with the briefcase chronicles y'all they was fantastic okay if you missed it go back and listen okay but let's dive into it okay our first king (laughs) here with us is mr adam okay let me tell y'all adam is a young okay not old (laughs) but a young black professional and a Chi-Town native. Chi-Town. He has worked within public education for nearly 10 years. Oh, that's a whole decade, okay? <laughs> so if he young, he has to start out young in age, too. Because, I mean, <laughs> he can't be old. And he is currently the director. Oh, he got big titles going on over here. <laughs> the director of compliance for the Chicago Public Schools Office of Sports Administration. Oh, oh okay, with the sports administration he is also y'all look okay because it don't stop there he is also a real estate entrepreneur and sorry ladies but he's off the market he's married him and his wife 
are the founders of AFC. That stands for a family company. Okay. AFC Properties. Oh, they out here. Okay. This is a full-service boutique property management and property acquisition company dedicated to providing affordable and comfortable. See, normally you don't get two. You get one or the other, okay? One or the other. It's affordable and comfortable housing that serves his community. Come through serving the black community. His goals are to break generational curses. I know that's right. And bridge the achievement and oh wealth gaps up in a black community oh lord drop mic adam tell the people hello tell, tell the people hello adam hey i think you sound better than i am uh, nah, hello everybody <laughs> happy to be on with you too uh you know just you know just out here trusting the process you know putting in my little work seeing what i could do well we definitely uh, appreciate so. it Yes. 100%. So, Justin and Adam grew up together. Um, and I actually went to high school with Adam. Go Broncos. Um, and my yeah. son Sam was yeah, at high school, high school with Justin, too, because he was always around. <laughs> but... I would like to introduce Justin Booker. Justin also owns property throughout Chicago, which is amazing. There's nothing like ownership. And he is also a realtor. So he has the best of both worlds. So I want to let y'all know, if y'all looking to to buy a house or find a house, that is where you need to go. You need to go <laughs> check out Justin. He purchased his first property back in 2017, and he's been a landlord since then. And on top of his full-time job as a revenue analysis, big banks. Big banks. <laughs> he talking money bag, okay? Money bag Justin in the building? Yes. He's, again, he has still been a, um, he's still been a realtor for close to now two years, but... His interest has been since college days. So he ain't new to this. He's really true to this. Okay? So we want y'all to reach out to Adam and definitely reach out to Justin for these needs. We have these kings on here because we want to just spread knowledge and spread wealth. But another thing that um, with them being on here, why it serves of importance is because for the past two weeks, we've had women on here who own businesses, right? They are business owners. But these two men on here today is taking a different turn for us because we want to talk about the business of ownership. People kind of miss that part. It's good to have own a business and people think about, you know, just selling products. But what about the businesses that help create generational wealth? You know, that's what we want to just what we want to dive in today with. So, gentlemen, we're going to ask you both questions. Of course, you guys can interject. Oh, my bad. (laughs) My bad. Y'all, I just be rambling on. Justin, please say hi to the people. Good evening, everyone. I'm glad to be on. Good, good, good. And I'm sorry, y'all. I'm a little hyped for this one because it's it's a different spin on things. So I'm just kind of going on. But again, we're going to ask the both of you guys some questions. We want y'all to feed off of each other, vibe off of, you know, us as well. We just, we always lit. So, <laughs> Shaniko, go ahead and, and, and toss the first the first question out for them to answer. Let's, let's pick some brains today. Pick some brains. <laughs> pick some brains. 
Okay, so our first question, and then I guess we can start with you, Adam. Um, what, what, like, made, like, what, how did you just dive into this whole real estate world? Like, what was the aha moment for you to be like, this is what I want to do, this is what I have to do, and I need to push forward and make this work? Uh, well, that's actually like a, a, a two-part answer. Uh, so it, it was the initial thought uh, came from like, um, I wouldn't call him a mentor. I, I mean, just more like a big homie. Uh, man, he was always into real estate. Uh, and my my first professional job, uh, I was working with him at this uh, healthcare company. And uh, healthcare was big business back then before, you know, Obama care came in and kind of... Uh, dissolved our position but what he would take he would take his money on all of his access money and he would put it in the real estate and so you know just from watching him you know that's where the initial uh seed was planted and then you know like i said with, with our position being dissolved i pivoted and then i started working for chicago public schools and when i originally started working there it was in transition and because it was in transition um you know job security wasn't the highest and so that kind of created the like jump off the porch moment of all right well if this does if this does, if this doesn't work out i need something to be able to sustain me while i'm still on the job hunt so you know i took my little money that i had saved up from uh, the healthcare job and then i bought really like i bought a uh, i bought a four unit and the plan was what they call it now you know they coin the term is like house hacking but it's always been around um it's just you know buy a building that can secure you a place where you can rest your head at night. It pays for itself and it pays you. So, you know, right. my my lack of job security at that time actually forced me to jump off the porch and say, all right, let me just do this. Because I always knew I wanted to. I didn't know what my entry point was going to be. And, like, it wasn't, it was literally, like, not planned. It was kind of just out of in survival mode. Like, all right, well, we don't know how we're going to go. We don't know how we're going to get here. But if I got to leave, if I got to get out of there, uh, I know I got a place to rest my head. And I know, you know, I'm going I'm to be having some uh, residual passive income. Well, that's good so to that, that, know. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just applauding you. <laughs> no, but go ahead. I was just applauding you. That's good to know to, to take that leap off that porch, as you stated, because you can sit on the porch and watch everybody do what you want them, what you want to do. Exactly. It was funny. That's, that's exactly uh, originally how I was just watching him. Because uh, I remember he, so he was a director at the company. And I got the healthcare with big business. So he was already making things. And then I saw his taxes one year. And I'm like, I'm like, Joe, you made this much? He's like, nah, that's not, that's not what I make annually. I just sold two properties. And I'm like, I got to do this. So, right. you know, we were, he was like walking me through the steps. And then uh, when I, you know, when we had got laid off, when we, when I got laid off, it kind of, you know, created, I wouldn't say hesitation, but it just put a pause on the plan that we had already put in, into place. And then, you know, it actually propelled me because it was like, there was no better, there's no other time, you know, no better time than this to go, you know, head in. I got nothing to lose. It's only up from there. And that, that kind of has been, you know, ever since. Right. Well, that's good to know. That's good. That's good to know. And Mr. Mr. Justin, I know that you stated that, you know, it's been an interest of yours since college. So that means that, you know, it's been an interest of yours since a lit, since, since yay high. So how did you really dive into it? What was it that pushed you for it? Uh, well, I, 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 I,
Um, for me, it was pretty much, um, I'm pretty sure, you know, everyone kind of here, you know, like how uh, most billionaires and most millionaires um, invest in real estate, so a portion of their money, you know, the real estate, of course. So I've always, you know, kind of thought about that, and, you know, of course, you know, I want to strive to, you know, be a millionaire, billionaire one of these days, so of course I need to, you know, uh, align myself with what, what they're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually took a real estate class uh, in college. And one thing that kind of stood out to me was um, I had a professor and, you know, like the first thing she told me was real estate is probably the most illiquid um, asset that you can actually own. Um, so once I actually heard that, you know, it just kind of uh, cheered me from real estate a bit. But um, just, you know, like I had kind of uh, put it on the back burner at that point in time. I took the class, you know, I still passed the course. But um, later on down the line, you know, um, of, co- of course, I seen Adam, you know, buy property. And I have another close friend, Todd. Um, he actually bought property as well. So um, that kind of uh, made me start doing a little bit more research to, you know, figure out if this is something, you know, that I was interested in. Just kind of, you know, hearing their process, um, you know, as far as um, their ups and downs throughout the process, um, kind of motivated me to kind of just, you know, get back to it and, um just after doing a little bit more research, you know, I ended up buying a property and, you know, I've kind of been in it, you know, since then, I guess. Just hearing what both... Can I piggyback on that? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I think I think what he said is, is very important. You know, a lot of people, you know, they hear real estate, they hear the success stories, but they don't do their own research. And then once you get into it without doing your research, you know, you, you're not going to have the success story. So I think his 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 steps toward purchasing was the, you know, like the prototypical way that you should do it. You you, you gain knowledge. You know, he had he gained the institutional knowledge from actually taking the class. He had anecdotal knowledge from, you know, like I said, me, well, like you said, me and Todd, our experience. And then he further continued his research, and then you know he jumped off the you know jumped off the porch too. So I think a lot of people they need to kind of keep that in mind before they do anything. You know, just not even just real estate, but anything. You know, do your own research. Don't let somebody just influence you and just tell you, oh yeah, this is the thing to do when you go out there, and then you know you just be out there, you know, aimless, you know, and not knowing what you're doing. So. Right. I'm glad that you said that, but I was about to actually ask a, ask a question that kind of segues into what you just mentioned, Adam. But um, what I wanted to point out first was the fact that we always talk about in a few of our series, we always talk about the importance of having a village and what that village looks like to you. And even just in the midst of y'all career, y'all talking about real estate, both of you all had someone in your village or the village of real estate to kind of show you direction and to, you know, surrounding yourself around the people who are doing things that you're doing to help get you to where you want to go as well. So I want to say like how important that is. And then for you all to be each other's village as well, as well as having villages outside of each other in the area of real estate is amazing. But to go back to what you was just mentioning, Adam, one of the questions that I wanted to ask, and I want to start with you, Justin, um, and it goes based off kind of what Adam said, what is one of the misconceptions that people often think about when they, what, that people miss when going into real estate? You have all these TV shows, right? Million Dollar Listing, Sunset Boulevard on Netflix. Like you have all these TV shows that just glorify real estate and automatically think that people are going to go in and get $75,000 commission off back. 
but they don't always show the hardship. So what is often misconceived when it comes to real estate? And I want to start with you, Justin. Um, well, as far as, you know, like, if you're talking about, like, from the aspect of, like, renting, you know, like, giving it, you know, renting properties and things like that, um, one of the biggest misconceptions is, you know, how much money you're going to make with it. Uh, people, you know, automatically think, you know, just because you uh, own property and you rent property, you're making, you know, thousands of dollars and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like baby steps, you know, like it's really with anything. You got to start, you know, from the bottom and kind of work your way up. So um, if you're only owning, you know, like one, two units, um, you're only going to make probably a couple hundred dollars, uh, you know, off those units. So I think, you know, people not, you know, doing the research and, understanding you know how much money you're going to actually make uh through the door you know is one of the big biggest uh misconceptions okay okay and adam what would you say in terms of in terms of you well of course with both of y'all being on the property what what would you say one of your one of the biggest misconceptions people feel about when it comes to the business of ownership Well, I would say the biggest misconception is that real estate is not passive income. Real estate is a very hands-on game. It's nothing passive about real estate. Um, it, it is like everything. It's like everything else. You know, anything worth having, you have to work for it. So, uh, you know, I'm more so on the customer service side. You know, because like Justin, Justin, he's, he's a realtor, and he, you know, he does showings and et cetera, et cetera. I'm literally only on the uh, landlord side and my customer service or the fact that I'm on call, you know, 24-7 with anything, everything, uh, I think that a lot of people, you know, they just get into it. And, and and this is, this is this can be something that you gradually progress to, but you just pay every pay somebody to do everything. But like Justin said, you know, out the gate, you're not rolling it dough. So it's not going to just be financially responsible for you to, outsource or delegate every responsibility and pay something you're gonna cut into your profits right away so like my first couple of years that was the biggest misconception that i had that this was passive income and that i was just gonna be i was gonna sit back and just collect a check every month when in, in actuality i was responsible for not only my building but uh all four tenants you know and, and anything that went wrong um, with the building, you know, it could be something as little as making sure that the grass is cut. It could be something as big as, uh, you know, like, um, you know, Chicago has all types of crazy seasons, all type of inclement weather. So whatever the weather does to your building, so, you know, it, it ranges. So that's the biggest misconception that I, I would think that people have is that this is passive. You, you definitely got to get your hands dirty. People out here thinking that they about to make money in their sleep when they about to get woken up out they sleep to go fix the apartment. <laughs> so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, a mess. A mess. So we we all know that like owning a business, whether it's a regular uh, a clothing business, a baking business, a candle business, any type of business, and then owning real estate, everything when it comes to you being an entrepreneur has some type of barriers that you may may face or may encounter. Um, what are some barriers do you guys feel like you had to overcome in this journey of being property managers and um, real estate, real estate agents, and just owning property in general. Oh uh, well, I, I go first, John. Um, the first barrier, honestly, that I had to jump over uh, was banking, and it, you know, it's not. I'm not gonna make this seem like 
some big systemic, you know, even though there is systemic racism in our banking institutions, but that's not what I'm going to hit on. This, this original barrier was uh, that I see keeps a lot of black people out is secure loans. And so, mm-hmm. like, my first my first property was a, a four-unit, and I qualified, I qualified off the bat for it, um, but, like, I didn't, I didn't secure a loan from Chase, which is my bank, which was kind of like a slap in the face. And so, me and my lender, we had to go out and get, you know, an outside bank, like a private, uh, it wasn't like a hard lender, but it was just a private bank that was based in California. And they actually provided the loan. And uh, another slap in the face was because uh, most people don't know on the back end side of uh, mortgage and debt, you know, people sell debt. So they actually ended up selling my, after the first two years where they, you know, they saw that I was, I guess, paying my bills on time, et cetera, et cetera, and that it was, uh, it was profitable. Chase actually bought my my loan uh, from the, the bank in California. And, you know, so now it's like I bank with Chase. But, like that, I felt like that just that process of going through securing a loan was uh, just the first barrier, but and it wasn't like that a massive hurdle, um, but it was definitely something that that was uh, eye opening because I thought it was just like all right, good credit, I got the cash, you know, print sign and date, and it was like good credit, you got the cash, but we gonna hold off, and you know mm-hmm. that was like whoa, okay. Right, right. And I've and I've heard of that. I've heard of people going through that, um, just in in the house buying process as a whole, that they can't get along through their banks that they've been banking with forever, but they have to go seek out private banks mm-hmm. that they ain't never heard of in their life. Or um and I've heard of them selling their, their debt mm-hmm. to a bigger bank after after some time. And that's so unfortunate that um, you know, you have to go through something like that when you have all your ducks in a row. Right. Like, I have all my ducks in a row and you still gonna slap me in the face. Like, it, it's like a double, it's like a catch-22. But okay, go ahead, Justin, you could tell us your barriers. <laughs> um, for me, well, I actually got two. Um, so for me, the first one is, um, I don't know if you Because I know um, 
I know some people personally who's like, uh-uh, that agent's too young. They don't know nothing about this market. Mm-hmm. But this is what this person has studied. This is what their research has been. What do you mean? What does their yeah, age the have end to of the day, do? They know more than you. Right, right, because <laughs> you're the one who need an agent. Right. So have you had to deal with that with just on a client basis as well? Um, I don't think I've, you know, kind of um, had those issues uh, because, you you know, when you're going to these um, clients and you're presenting, I mean, you just got to be prepared, you know, so you got to make sure that you're on top of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, as long as you're on top of everything, you're showing them that you're doing um, your research, you know, showing them that you're listening because I think that's really uh, key. Um, if you're listening to, you know, everything that they're saying that they're interested in, um, different areas that they like, you know, you got to make sure that you uh, kind of cater to what they're looking for and um, just kind of show them that you're listening. Um, so, you know, as long as you show those things, um, I mean, even if they kind of went into it thinking like, hey, this person is young, I think that's going to always kind of uh, prevail, you know, showing that you're prepared and doing the right research. I, I could imagine that because both of you guys, uh, this, despite, it ain't like, Never mind. Both of you guys look young, you know, but like despite, you know, your your age, you guys still look young. Cause so I couldn't, I would think that in some ways it's like maybe have to like prove yourself a little mm-hmm. bit more to people, you know. And because we black every day, just the elephant in the room, having to prove yourself as black men too. Like I know what I, what I'm doing. I know my role. I've studied the same way Tim, Bob and Sam have. So (laughs) I know what I'm doing. So I could imagine just on a different level, some of those barriers that may come along that hasn't presented, hasn't presented itself now, but we've, we've definitely talked about some of the barriers. And the reason why we wanted to touch on the barriers is because we just want to one to let people know that they exist, but also too to let people know that they're able to that you're able to overcome them. Like you, you may have these barriers, but that doesn't mean that you stop, especially when you have a goal. And you guys are two black men to show our young people, our younger listeners that. But I want to just up 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 it a bit. What has what are some of the greatest things that ownership has taught you all um, as? Even outside of a professional level, on a personal level, what what has ownership meant to you all? Uh, and I'll start with Justin. Uh, for me, it means a lot, you know, just off the fact that, you know, like I can um, do something different for, you know, my, my kids, um, well, my, my child, of course, um, you know, different than what my parents actually did. Um, just kind of going back to, you know, my parents not, you know, owning, um, you know, it kind of, you know, is one of the things that, you know, I kind of want to, you know, took from that and just want to, you know, do something different, take a different approach, you know. So, of course, you know, I want to, you know, own a home, of course, one day and also, you know, own multiple properties. So just, I guess, you know, just kind of owning on that's really, it's just kind of doing something different, you know, from what my parents did is probably the biggest thing for me. Like setting, like being your own legacy, to be honest. When you're the first to do something, it's like you're starting your own legacy, uh, starting your own traditional own legacy. So that's what's up to be to be able to say that I'm a first, you know. What about you, Adam? Uh, kind of the same, like you said, from that. It, well, it's kind of twofold, but uh, obviously the first um, is kind of more personal because it just gives you the avenue and it just gives you the ability to provide in a way, like like you said, our parents weren't necessarily able to, to actually pass down generational assets. 
um, to help, you know, combat some of those generational curses. So that's one. And then, then two, I, I got a, uh, another friend who actually owns uh, property as well. And he, he allowed me to look at it in a different light that I had never viewed it before. Um, that we're actually like in the business of shelter. But mm-hmm. because of our, our, our homes are affordable, like we're actually doing a service to the community. You know, like we're we're, we're making sure that other families, other uh, black people in our community have affordable, you know, comfortable housing. So like our seed is planted for our, you know, internal families and our own personal gain, but we're also giving opportunities, you know, residential opportunities. So it, it was, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's definitely twofold because from a community standpoint, like we bought in our community. You know, you mm-hmm. hear all these, these stories about gentrification where they come in, they raise the property value, and then they kind of impact or uh, relocate the original culture that was there prior, right? Like all of our tenants are black people who want to stay in their community, want to stay in their neighborhoods where they grew up at. And uh, I can say that, like, all of my tenants are are from uh, that area. All of my tenants are, are uh, they're happy to be there. They're happy to be paying a, an affordable price with, you know, updated amenities. And, mm-hmm. and I also wanted to touch back on, um, like, the question you said. I had a different experience uh, than what Justin said. So from a black, young, like you said, young-looking, uh, like all of my tenants are older than me, mm-hmm. and it was it was one guy who stayed there, and he like he hit me with the with the like, hey bro, I got you, you know. So it was it was more of a, like a, a taking me more serious, like nah, this hey, I'm not your homie. You can't you can't get me on the you like right. <laughs> either the first or, or, or the fifth. Like ain't no, I got you. <laughs> so, like that was my that was my barrier of of looking young and. And it was funny because I had a, uh, I, had, I got a, uh, that same, uh, my same homie, he was telling me, like, man, you should, you should let a white man go pick up your rent, you know, like, you shouldn't even let your tenants know that you, like, you're a young black man. And I'm like, nah, you know, like, I want to, I want them to see me, and like you said, I want, I want to read that, you know, like, I want them to see, like, you could do it too, and, you know, all of those good feelings, but at the same time, it's like, the catch 22 is, like, you know, we black first, and we definitely look at, like, hit people with the, uh, oh, let me, let me get a discount on your product. You right. Know? So it's the same way in real estate when, you know, when if you sell, if you sell sweaters and your friend is, is asking you for a discount, you're going to look like, man, I would rather you just pay full price for it. You know, I know that, like, that's the way right now where people are, uh, are saying, like, I'm honored to buy it at full price. It's like the same thing in real estate. People... Your tenants are going to, oh, he's black, I can do this. I can not necessarily pull a fast one, but mm-hmm. we can, you can work with me. And that's the catch 2020 itself, because you do, at the end of the day, you do want to work with them. You do want to have empathy and understand it. But, you know, that was just, it was just a funny situation, because, like I said, I was young, and uh, I wouldn't say I was green, but I was just nicer. You know, I was much more nicer. And now, as I've been in the game, it's like I've... I've I've taken a much more of a professional approach to it as opposed to back then when I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll listen to you, I'll hear you out. But now it's kind of more like, all right, look, this is, this is the agreement, this is the contract, right. this is the lease, this is business, you know? I know you're like, I understand, but the grace period is between the first and the fifth. 
<laughs> at the right. end of the day. Like, that's the like, grace period. You could be my friend, but I need you to have that. Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then just when you mentioned, like, some people, because I've even thought about that, like, you know, because I do aspire to own property at some, at some point. And I've thought about, like, man, maybe I should hire someone to pick up rent. But on the back side of that, it's like, yeah, I want to reap the benefits and show people I can do it. But at the same time, somebody has to break that curse like somebody has to break that idea that we have to have this white savior <laughs> to come in and you know help us gain the respect that we deserve like no you're gonna see me and respect me the same way you will see and respect him so about that rent you got two options that or eviction <laughs> so I think, yeah. I think that's a whole nother podcast right how, like how we look at ourselves as black people is like why you need you know, this other ethnicity to, to, you know, not motivate you, but it's like, don't, you know, like, don't devalue yourself. And by right. you devaluing yourself, you devaluing me. So, like, you know, we'll, we'll leave that for next time we come We will be inviting you back. Y'all back. We will definitely be inviting y'all back um back on that point. Was it on my question or your question? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but um, no, I'm glad you brought that example of Adam because that was going to be my next question. You know, um, as property owners, how how is it when you have tenants? And you brought up that that example of that particular t- tenant was great because um, I remember listening to um, this this like virtual meeting of like young black landlords. And one of their things was just that having tenants who were older and was not giving them the respect that was due Mm -hmm. to the point that one person, one of the young tenants, I mean, one of the young um, landlords, um, they didn't even, the people in the building didn't even know that she owned the building. Mm -hmm. They literally just thought she was just there to collect the rent and that she just helped fix things. But they never knew she owned it and she kept it that way for for, for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because I think at one point someone's another tenant knew that she owned the building and they was looking at her sideways because she was so young. And it's unfortunate, you know, because you guys put in the work to do this and make a living for yourself and to create generational wealth. But then you have people, some people, not all, that, you know, just the the just the respect isn't there Mm -hmm. so i mean i gotta applaud applaud you because like you said you thought about getting someone else to do it but then you're like hell no this my shit bro right (laughs) it is what it is like come correct or you can get out you know um and and that's good go ahead and to be honest i i I don't think like i don't think that's just exclusive to the black community you know everybody go through hardships and everybody go you know well I'm going to say not want to pay rent, but, you know, like, they're they going to try and pull a fast one on mm-hmm. people they can. But, like you said, it's just, like, with with, with you, they use you as a as an opportunity to try to uh, uh, not manipulate you, but just, you know, see what they can get out of you. See if you can, if they can, you know, take this ink and then take it a mouth. So, like, I have, like you said, I have heard a lot of people say, like, it's best not to let them know, like, who the owner is. Because that, that mystique of the owner like holds power mm-hmm. and a youth a young face doesn't like it, it, it doesn't that that same authority like that same figure that same presence doesn't always like you'll lose some of that power especially if they come and you like oh it's you and you know dominique right like she said i, I got not only do i got a young face you know what I'm saying? i got 
big cheeks, the whole nine. So, you know, like, I smile, they like, oh, he's nice. He ain't, you know, like, all right, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I went to these eviction papers in 30 days. Right. <laughs> yeah. And kind of to add on to that, um, I mean, another part of it is just kind of like, you, you know, like, you know, you know, being black, of course, you know, and we going into our own communities, you know, owning in our community, um, and you know, they saying people, you know, that, that look like them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to kind of um, give them hope that you know they can do something different as well. So, like, they may think like, hey, maybe I can. They they may have not even thought about owning before, but now you know they see this younger guy, you know, coming in, and now they're like, hey, I mean, maybe I can own, you know, one day. So, kind of use that as motivation. So, I guess that's a um, you know, a good thing, you know, out of it as well. Because I've had one of my tenants where um, one of her sons, you know, kind of pulled me to the side one day. And, um, you know, he was telling me he was interested in real estate. And, um, I mean, he was probably about, like, 12 or 13 at the time. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if he, you know, decided to, um, you know, do any more research. But, you know, I told him that, you know, if he's interested, you know, just let me know. Um, and, you know, I can kind of... Um, you know, give him some tips and be a mentor. different things that he can maybe start doing research on. Yeah, I guess kind of be a mentor, like you said. That is good. Hopefully, you know, more people come to you all and y'all be open because we coming too, just so you know. <laughs> we need some mentorship going on too when we start getting our buildings and stuff. Right. Exactly. But I was... <laughs> so, my next question is, you know... You're you are in some you're entrepreneurs, right? You own these buildings. How do you find the balance? So you know you have your personal life, you have your landlord life, those roles and duties, husband duties, boyfriend duties, father duties. If I don't you got kids, I'm not sure. How do you find the balance and give each of these areas in your life the full attention that it needs? And I'll start with you, Justin. Um, yeah, it's tough. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different things you got to kind of, um, you got on your plate that you got to kind of deal with. And, uh, recently, I, I mean, I've actually hired a, a property manager, um, to kind of just handle, um, you know, different things, you know, around like the property, just so I don't have to necessarily go out, to, you know, check up on things. Now, as far as like the rent, you know, I still, um, handle that. And, you know, right. I still, you know, um, <laughs> reach out to the tenants, you know, periodically, but, also got a, um, a property manager to kind of help, you know, with that. And, um, I mean, now just kind of working from home. I mean, it has helped me a lot, um, just being at home because I do have a child, uh, you know, he's six months right now. Oh, um, just kind of being at home, you know, being with him, you know, being able to be with him and not having to commute to work because, um, before, um, the pandemic, I was commuting like an hour away for work. So, uh, that's a, a pretty, um, a pretty big, you know, commute. So just now, just being at home, I'm kind of dreading, you know, the, the pandemic kind of ending, you know, because eventually I'm going to have to go back into the office. But I'm just now, I guess I'm just kind of uh, taking it a day at a time and just appreciating, you know, being at home right now. So. Okay, okay, good. And congrats on yeah, the new baby. The little baby. Like, I just got <laughs> super excited. <laughs> now I don't even want to yeah, talk about real estate no more. What's his name? Girl, leave him to his baby alone, child. <laughs> Say that for later. So uh, go ahead, Adam. So tell us uh, like how your pro- how you balance it all. What works for you? Um, like like Justin, it, it's definitely tough, but the pandemic, um, did kind of 
give a lot of leeway or just alleviate some of the original or um, some of the other like barriers of time management because I am at home and you know I'm recently married so that just gave us even though we weren't able to you know go on the honeymoon due to the pandemic that kind of just prolonged our honeymoon because we were able to be not on top of each other but we were in the house so you know the balance uh, I'm, I'm guessing I'll, I'll learn I'll probably have to give you all the update on what that looks like after I don't have ample time in the house right? so but I think prior to the pandemic, uh, it was, it was, I didn't have, I don't have good time management. I spend, like, I, I'll, I'll commit to something and just forget about other things. And that mm-hmm. sometimes sounds good, but when you're juggling multiple things, that that's horrible, right? So, uh, I, I have to work on time management and my balance is bad. And, but the pandemic allows me to, I'm sure my wife she'll say like, oh, he does a good job of balancing that because like I'm at a, I'm at home right now. So <laughs> when we get out of the right. pandemic, she'll probably remember how it was before. <laughs> I like the I enjoy the transparency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely gotta you know gotta be transparent. Like you said, you don't want the people out there thinking like, oh yeah, I run a Fortune 500 company. I got this. I got that. I got this, and I'm the best husband. It don't usually work like that. <laughs> 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 you know, some you know. Somebody gonna, you know, something is gonna have to, uh, I don't want to say fall, but, you know, something is gonna fill it. You know, you're gonna be prioritizing something over something. So, unless you, you know, unless you Superman, you could just, you know, jump to all buildings and be back at home after you're there. Like, that's a, it's an hour commute at the job, and you got a building. And, like, with me, I got, like, various, um, other entrepreneur, like, avenues that I, like, that I, um, and committed to so yeah i gotta once the once the pandemic goes away and everything's back open yeah, i'm uh, see right we're gonna be at the back like so adam you remember it now <laughs> <laughs> so no nah, i'm not gonna ask i'm not gonna even ask you i'm gonna ask wifey because she gonna give me the love she gonna give me the deal deal <laughs> But no, so I have, um, I think we're on the final question. Maybe, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, my final question um, for you all, um, I w- you you guys have dropped so many gems and just shared so much insight and so much pers- personal insight as well, and it's really appreciated. The For the listeners that are on the fence, that don't really know if they want to jump into it, they or they're about to jump jump off the porch, I love that analogy. I may be using it a lot. Um, but for those that's trying to figure out if they're going to jump off the porch, what's a duck that they need to have in that role <laughs> before they get started? So could y'all share like just the uh, uh, important duck that you just like, look, before you do this, you need to, you need to consider this. And I'll start with you, Adam. Um, well, I, I, will, I, I like that you keyed in on that immediately. You need a village, one. And uh, everybody in that village needs to have a role, whether it's uh, a support system Somebody to give you confidence, somebody to give you wisdom, um, and then on the on the more practical side, you definitely need a village of contractors. Like if you don't get your hands dirty, if you're not um, the DIY guy, then you need to make sure you got a team. You need to make sure you got a 
a plumber, a contractor, I mean, a electrician, a roofer, um, or know a property manager, or just have a team of people who are in your corner where if you don't have them immediately or directly, you got them indirectly because you can hit a just, you can hit a app, you can hit a tie, you can hit a Nahaj, you can hit a Muta mm-hmm. and get anything you need. So, um, you know, I know everybody might have thought, like, oh, you need a good credit score, you need uh, the finances. Once you dedicate yourself to saving up the money, you don't get that. Mm-hmm. The, the work starts after you purchase. So you need that village, and, and you need you need everybody to play their role. Okay, okay. That was good. It was. And I want to ask Justin the same question, but from a realtor's perspective, could you let people know, like, what duck they need? And then for those that may be, I'm sorry, this is a two-part question for you, <laughs> but for even for the duck that they need, what's something What's what's something that they, could you, could you tell us, like, how they can go about getting that? If they're, if they're struggling with obtaining that one thing that they need, what's something that they could possibly do to get it? Um, I would probably say credit is key, really. Um, I mean, of course, I'm not going to say saving is easy, uh, but, you know, of course, uh, you know, everyone can, you know, kind of save, but, you know, making sure your credit, you know, is at the, the right spot is really um, the most important thing. So just, you know, kind of, um, you know, if you, if you think, if you know that, you know, that's something that you're going to want to own um, later down the line or, you know, in the near future, um, start, you know, working on your credit, you know, whether that's, you know, lowering your um, debt-to-income ratio, um, whether you have things, you know, on your credit that you need to um, dispute, you know, making sure um, you can get your credit score as high as you can. Because typically you can qualify to, to purchase something mm-hmm. um, with the 580 credit score, which isn't, you know, really high. But, of course, the, the higher your credit score, um, the, lower, the lower the interest rate um, you kind of get. Um, so right now, like interest rates are kind of at an all-time all-time low. Um, mm-hmm. They're creeping up a little bit, but you know they're still uh, for the most what part at a low. Um, so just you know making sure you um, you know work on your credit. And uh, what was the second part of the question? No, that was it. So you because you 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 pretty much answered it. So the question pretty much was, what's a duck that they need, and how can they? Up to get that duck. So you said that they needed credit, and a way to, you know, get better credit is to work on their debt to income ratio, and pretty much, you know, working on their spending and saving. So that was uh that was definitely insightful because so many people will go out and try and buy property, and they they completely forget that part. <laughs> like, like I'm just ready to buy a house. Like, or some people are like, girl, I'm about to go buy me a house. Are you sure about that? <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's been a good yeah, almost really year for our journey. It's not really that hard to, really that hard to um, improve your credit score, um, mm-hmm. and it's not really that hard to um, decrease your credit score um, as well. So, uh, you know, people just gotta keep that in mind. <laughs> it's easy to mess it up, <laughs> right? It's like weight. For women, <laughs> it's easy to gain and hard to lose. So, <laughs> so, a mess, a mess, a mess. And so, I just for my own curiosity, Justin, because you said um, interest rate is like at an all-time low right now, right? What's considered to be like an all-time low? Like, what's considered a low interest rate for the housing market? Um, a low interest, right now they're kind of, they were um, at like the mid-twos, um, 
I mean, when the, like, right when the pandemic started, like, in the midst of the pandemic, I guess, now uh, they're kind of uh, creeping back up to, like, three. Um, I mean, just to kind of give you an uh, idea of, you know, like, what the interest rate typically are, um, when I purchased, I think um, it was back in 2017, I think I had an interest rate of, like, a 4.7 at the time. So, mm. a 4.7 compared to, um, you know, a couple months ago, you could actually got a 2.5, 2.4. Um, so that's a big difference, you know. Um, yeah. You know, and what your mortgage payments would actually be uh, per month. Okay, okay. You know, they, the listeners probably just wondering. You know, I, I was just wondering too because I was my interest rate at one point was was three percent. So I, I'm like, can it get lower than that? Since we're right. talking all time low, <laughs> let me see what else I can get. But uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. I thank you. You know, we thank you guys. We appreciate you, you absolutely. all for being here. But before we let you guys go, you know, you all have to plug yourselves. You know, tell tell our listeners. Um, and we can start with you, Justin, because you also because you are a real estate agent. So you can tell our listeners whatever you want them to know, as much as what areas you service, uh, cities if you want. But definitely your Instagram handle, where all that good stuff. Let these people know where you at, so they come find you and you get your commission. <laughs> yeah, well, currently uh, I'm actually. Uh... I work for Coldwell Banker. Um, I work out in the office um, out at Oak Park, um, but I do service um, the Chicagoland area, pretty much the um, whole Chicagoland area, whether that's the um, south suburbs, the, the, the actual city, uh, west suburbs. So, you know, I'm kind of all over. Uh, um, I mean, as far as Instagram, I'm not even on Instagram, but, you know, of course, uh, you know, I have a website if you, you know, just kind of Google me, uh, just the book of Coldwell Banker. Um, you'll you know, I'll be routed to my uh, website. Um, you can find me on Facebook, you know, my first and last name, Justin Booker. Um, I have a business page on there, so uh, that's pretty much where you can find me. You know, you got a vibe when you say Google me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Google me, baby. Dominic, I was just, I'm like, that boy said Google me. <laughs> he said Google me. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> He's still going. Too. Right. He's still plugging. Right, right, right. He's like, man, I don't need no car. Google me. Exactly. Exactly. You need a plug. I am the plug. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right, Adam, you got to follow up with that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
but just going back to me pubbing myself, that's that's never been like a um like a natural thing for me to, to kinda of pub all of my anything that I got going on. So this is this is like a learning experience for me. But I do have a website. Um AFC does have a website. Um and uh, we don't have I don't have an Instagram right now, but I am getting an Instagram and I do have a couple of other can I put non real estate things? Yeah, this your time to plug. All right. uh, we the socket. Okay, yeah, so, <laughs> so right. Shout out to uh Sports Radar Journalism. That's my after school program in association with um after school matters. Um it is um Chicago teams covering Chicago uh student athletes. It is just a great way to combat the narrative that the mainstream media pushes that black and brown kids aren't doing anything positive. So I made sure that I want to make sure that their voices are highlighted uh, and that their stories are also told. Uh, so, you know, I am I am actively coming outside and making sure that I uh, start to brand myself because, like I said, my accountability department told me. So she told me I'm doing too much stuff in the dark and I need to come to the light, you know, so... Uh, Absolutely. This is the first step. So uh, it's an honor to be on here. Thank you, Dominique. Um, Bef- before you, you before you end, you said you have a you said you have a website for AFC, but you didn't tell us the AFC website. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's, it's a family. I'm sorry, it's a
This was a vibe. It's a vibe. It's <laughs> oh, a vibe. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed this. You guys are the second. We've uh, we've we've had a lot of episodes. You guys are the second uh, group of men to be on our podcast outside of our husband slash fiancés. So thanks. Y'all should feel special, right? No. <laughs> I do. Uh, shout out to the husband. Shout out to the fiancés. Right. So again, we thank y'all for coming, and we're about to close out. So yes. So listeners, as you all know, follow us on all social media platforms at Why Me Please Podcast. Podcast. And subscribe, like, share on whichever podcast platform you choose we on all of them because we everywhere you can google us too exactly (laughs) Um, but yes as always you know what it is tell them what it is dominique we're not just a podcast for tea so So wind me please. please click click click